Chapter 7 of the Story of Sir Walter Raleigh by Margaret Duncan Kelly. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter 7 A Fight by Sea and Land. Eight years had now passed by since the glorious victory over the Spanish Armada. Ever since that terrible defeat, the King of Spain had been planning vengeance on the English. They had crushed him for the time, but some day his turn would come. With all the riches of the New World flowing into his treasury, he would make another armada stronger even than the first. Surely the gentlemen of Spain would then be able to conquer and destroy that race of sea robbers. So he prepared once more a mighty fleet with which to invade England. When Raleigh left Guyana, he had promised the Indians that he would return the next year. But when he heard of the new Spanish Armada, he knew that he would be needed to fight England's battle at home, so he sent one of his faithful captains instead. And now the queen and her lords took counsel how best to save England and break the mighty power of Spain. They remembered Raleigh's advice, given eight years before, to sail forth and attack the enemy before ever they had left their own harbor. So they fitted out an English fleet, which was to attack the Spanish ships as they lay in their own harbor of Cadiz in the south of Spain. News came to Spain that in the south and west of England great guns were being made, and many sailors pressed into service, and all England's warships fitted out. But the proud, boastful Spaniards said, Those beggarly Englishmen are only seeking to defend their own shores. At last all was ready. Once more the English fleet set sail from Plymouth Bay. As they left the harbor, there lighted a very fair dove on the mast of one of the ships, and there she sat very quietly for the space of three or four hours, being nothing dismayed all the while. The sailors were glad, for they said, The dove will bring us good luck. Among the brave men who manned the English fleet, there were many who had fought in that great sea fight which crushed the invincible armada. But some of the bravest were missing. Sir Richard Grenville had died like a hero, fighting to the last for his country and his queen. Sir Francis Drake, the most daring of sea captains, the terror of the Spaniards, was dead. The news of his death, far away in Spanish seas, had reached England just before the fleet started. Yet there were still many gallant captains who meant to win a victory for England. The chief commander was a dashing young nobleman called the Earl of Essex. He was brave as a lion, but not merely so wise and skillful as Sir Walter Raleigh, who was one of the commanders under him. Raleigh did not like the Earl of Essex, who was very proud and vain, and often, indeed, rude to the captains who were under him. As day dawned on a beautiful Sunday in June, the English fleet sailed into Cadiz Harbor, with colors and streamers flying from every ship. Sir Walter Raleigh was left outside the harbor to attack any ship trying to escape. Within the harbor lay a splendid Spanish ship ranged under the walls of Cadiz. The English commanders decided to land the soldiers to try to capture the town before attacking the fleet in the bay. 
when raleigh came into the harbor he found that the earl of essex was landing his men the sea was wild and rough and fifteen men had been drowned already raleigh saw that all would be lost if they did not attack the spanish ships before the town so in the presence of all the captains he made essex change his plans the men were taken on board again and the ships were made ready for battle night fell and the english commanders met to plan the attack on the spanish fleet which was to take place next morning to sir walter raleigh was given the post of honor his ship the war sprite was to lead the vanguard which is the very front rank of ships all through the night while the english were preparing for battle the spanish in cadiz were feasting and making merry they had seen the english fleet sail into their bay but they were sure that their own fleet would soon drive them out the streets of cadiz were brilliantly lit up with lamps and tapers and torches and blazing tar barrels as the people sang and danced and laughed they told each other we are quite safe the great guns of our forts will shatter the english ships even if our warships do not utterly destroy them with the first peep of day the english fleet with all sails set and colors flying sailed gallantly on to charge the enemy at the head of the english line came sir walter raleigh in the war sprite beneath the walls of cadiz lay the horrible spanish galleys the big ships or galleons had moved further up the harbor the galleys were long snake-like rowing boats each galley had about forty oars each oar was rowed by five or six wretched slaves a long gangway ran from end to end of the boat up and down this gangway walked the slave drivers with their cruel whips at each end of the galley were soldiers with cannon and guns as the war sprite passed the walls of cadiz the cannons of the fort and the guns of the galleys opened fire but raleigh thought these galleys but as wasps to show scorn to all which he says i only answered first the fort and afterward the galleys with my trumpet disdaining to shoot one piece at any or all of these esteemed dreadful monsters leaving the galleys to the ships behind raleigh sailed swiftly on to where the great galleons lay there was the saint philip the largest ship in the world and many other huge galleon raleigh made at once for the saint philip and the saint andrew these were the two ships which had boarded the revenge when sir richard grenville fought his desperate battle against fearful odds and died at last as a true soldier ought to do as raleigh thought of that hero's noble death he cried i will be revenged for the revenge or second her with my own life so saying he gave the word to his men and a storm of musket balls swept the great galleons thick and fast came the volleys of cannon the fight was long and fierce for three long hours the war sprite fought both galleons at once so quick was the firing that the three ships were wrapped all the time in a cloud of smoke and now the other english captains eager to be in the thick of the fight began to push forward struggling with each other for the most dangerous post one captain indeed secretly fastened a rope onto the side of the war sprite to draw himself up abreast 
but some of Raleigh's men saw the rope and told him. So they cut the rope off, and the captain fell back into his place behind the war sprite. There, Raleigh says proudly, I guarded him, all but his very prow from the sight of the enemy. At last the Spaniards in the St. Philip could fight no more, so setting their ship on fire they jumped into the sea to try to swim to shore. Another galleon was blown up to save it from being captured by the English. The Spaniards flung themselves into the sea in heaps as thick as if coals had been poured out of a sack. Many of them were drowned, and very few reached the shore alive. Raleigh and his stalwart men captured two great galleons, one of them the St. Andrew. These were afterwards used as English warships. It was a great sea victory for the English. After the battle, the lives of all were spared, and they even tried to save some of the drowning Spaniards. The Earl of Essex now landed and prepared to capture the city of Cadiz. An army of Spanish horsemen rode out to meet him but after a short fight they fled back to the city across the sandy plain. The English followed and found an old wall at the far end of the city over which they managed to climb, so the city was easily captured. Raleigh had been badly wounded in the sea fight, yet he was so eager to help in the capture of the city that he made his men carry him ashore on their shoulders. But his wound was very painful, and he was soon glad to return to the war sprite. Sir Walter Raleigh was the first to bring the news of victory home to England. Great was the joy of all the people when they heard that the Spaniards had been beaten on their own shores. The streets were crowded to cheer the victorious soldiers and sailors. A glad welcome was given to many poor Englishmen who had been working as slaves in the Spanish galleys until the English victory had saved them from their life of misery. When the people heard how Raleigh had led the fight, how he had answered the guns of fort and galleys with a blast from his silver trumpet, how he had seized the post of danger and captured two great galleons, they cheered him, most of all, as the hero of the fight. End of chapter 7 Recording by John Brandon